0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad the game is over when the final buzzer sounds the analysis ends when you say it does this is overtime open line interviews analysis and your opinion Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osman auction and now the Canadian brew house overtime open line Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: It's Another loss for the Edmonton Oilers, 5-2. The New York Islanders win this one. Once again, the Oilers get the advantage on the shot clock, but they do not get the finish. Tonight, the Oilers out shooting the Islanders, 36-24. On this three-game road trip, The Oilers, with 116 shots on goal, they score four times. Three by Leon Dreisaitl, one by Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. That's a shooting percentage of 3.4. And uh, these ones all felt pretty similar on the road trip, as the Oilers work harder than they had been in a lot of their games on home ice, but do not get any points out of this. They're now five games under 500 24 29 and 5 one win in their last 11 and just six wins in their last 25 games it's 803 thanks a lot for tuning in Oilers hockey presented by osmond auction this is canadian brew house overtime open line along with rob brown iron reed wilkins well 3.4 shooting percentage it's not going to get you much
2: no it isn't um i don't think the Oilers were rewarded with what they probably deserved on this road trip uh, it was much better effort than we've seen in a lot of the games as of late on home ice, but unfortunately, we we've talked about all year long. This this is a team that has three guys that can put the puck in the net. Uh, they had a flash in the pan at the beginning of the year with Alex Chase on, who uh, had a nice start to the season. Hopefully, he'll still be a twenty to twenty-three goal scorer this year, but he's back to where he you know he probably belongs. He's not a uh, he's not a twenty-five to thirty goal scorer. Has never been in the National Hockey League. So you have three guys that can score, and that's it. And. Uh, team's key on that. And and I know that when you and I are watching, it's like two different games out there. When McDavid and Drysdale are on the ice, you think every time they're on the ice, they could score. But when they're not on the ice, you can kind of relax. You would go get a drink. You can go to the bathroom because you know while you're gone, uh, a goal's not going to be scored. And and I say it in jest, but it's true. This is a team that's... It relies so much on three players, and it's not as though they're not getting chances. They are. They've had a number of great scoring chances over the last three games and nothing to show for it, but I, I think this is what this team is. It's a team that can that can work and, and can play sounder, much sounder defensive plays we've seen as of late. But they are hard-pressed to put the puck in the net if their name doesn't end with McDavid, Drysettle, or Nugent Hopkins.
1: Well, I mean, let's go through the 12 forwards who played tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Ty Ratty, uh, most of his career in the minors, probably in a lot of organizations, he's a minor league player, uh, a minor league player yep. who might get called up to help. Colby Cave, most organizations, he's in the AHL. Toby Reeder has not scored this season. Brad Malone, minor league a minor player. leaguer, I mean, a guy yep. who might come up and play 10 to 20 games a year, depending. Oh, on I,
2: don't, I think 20 would be a stretch.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying he's, you know, got about 180 games in his career, and he's in his late 20s. Uh, Milan Lucic, uh, we don't even really know what he is anymore. Uh, He had a four-goal outburst in six games. Other than that, he has two goals in in over a year. Kyle Brodziak's a fourth-liner. Alex Chase on. there are a lot of things I admire about his game, but he's Mm -hmm. a depth player.
2: Third or fourth-liner on any team. A good team, he's a fourth-line player. Cassian's on a good team, fourth-line player.
1: Sam Gagne spent most of... This season in the American Hockey League, though I thought he had a good game, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have Nuge McDavid and Drysdale. So I mean, you basically got three players. Two, two, you basically have nine of the Oilers' twelve forwards tonight who are fourth line fourth players, line players or, or you know AHL, NHL yep. tweeners, or flat out AHL players. Yeah, you're absolutely. So that's right. why I, I'm not gonna. I mean, we've come on here some nights and and you know criticize the effort of the Oilers, um, the intelligence of the Oilers, the responsible play of the Oilers. I'm not going to criticize any of that tonight, because I think a lot of those guys worked hard and did what they could.
2: Well, they they gave you what they're capable of giving you. I think that's the biggest thing. I think the expectations are too high right now for a lot of those players. They are what they are. As you said, you have three stars, and you have uh, nine guys who are long shots to score goals yeah.
1: even if they're in the offensive
2: end with the puck absolutely yeah. well I mean the other second power play unit tonight had Cave Gagne and Raddy and to be honest all three guys are well all three of them were in the minors this year yeah. were they not yeah so there's three guys that your second power play unit is three guys from the minors and that's the best you could find so it's not like we're we're, we're ban- pun- punishing somebody and sitting them on the bench. That's the best, and they actually had a couple chances on it. But that's what this team is right now. They the depth wing position has been uh, destroyed over the last couple of years. It, it w- at one point, it was a strength of the others. They had they were a very skilled team. Uh, they aren't no more.
1: Uh, well, and with Lucic and Reader, I mean, you have two players who are just flat out underperforming. On he, he, given what they've done in the past. What they've done well, in the past. Well, I guess past. now for Lucic, it's become the norm. Yeah,
2: I don't think he's underperforming now. I think this is what he is. And Reader, uh, I, I think the way the game is played now, uh, maybe it is. Maybe this is more what he is now. I mean, what we've seen, and you and I have t- ha- talked about it the last three games, he's become a very perimeter hockey player. Right. And we saw three examples tonight and a couple last game where he gets the puck with speed coming down the wing, has to go around the net. And we're like, okay, go around that. Instead of coming from behind the net and dramming it or attacking the net, he takes it all the way out into the corner and then back up the boards. Perimeter. And if you are teaching kids in novice, Adam Peewee Jr. or pro hockey as you're a defender, the coaches will always tell you, keep the players to the outside. If you keep the players to the outside, you've done your job. Well, Rieder, on on these instances, is doing the job of the defenders. He's keeping himself to the outside. He doesn't have a a wicked shot where he's going to fool a goalie from the boards. The only way he's going to score is by attacking, and he's not. And I think he's doing himself a disservice because uh, with his speed, he should get... A couple opportunities a game just because they'll have the first step on someone, but he's not taking those.
1: That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Islanders tonight. They go 0-3 on this road trip. They've lost four in a row overall. And, and, yeah, I mean, you know, say you will about Ratty and, and Gagné, at least they put the puck into a danger area. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they will throw it from a bad angle, try to bounce it in off something. And, yeah, with Reader, the puck just keeps going further away from the net instead of some sort of – or even – you know, center it, try to get a bounce off a leg or something. Well,
2: and, and when he does it, so he takes the puck wide and you he, say he'll go back to the defenseman. Well, what he's also t- done is taken himself out of his scoring chances, too, because he's not close enough to the net now to get a rebound, to get a tip, to get uh, a misdirection of a puck, because he takes himself way out of the play. And uh, y- you don't score in the National Hockey League like that anymore. You've got to be around the blue paint. A great example tonight was the goal by Nugent Hopkins. Just hang around the blue paint, have your stick on the ice. Uh, I mean, you have to have a little bit of luck, but luck is created by you being in the right spot. Nugent Hopkins was, and if you want to talk about size, I, I've seen Nugent Hopkins off ice. He, he weighs about a buck 65 soaking wet, so it's not as though you have to be a big, strong he-man to stand in front of the net to to score goals. Nugent Hopkins did it and does it consistently. That's why he's an offensive uh, weapon. Five two Islanders
1: win six63. 6, we have Fred on the line. Hey, Fred.
3: Sorry, Fred. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, how's it going, boys? Good. Well, let's start off on the positive note. How about uh, Jay Woodcroft and those Condors at 14th Street? That's, I, <laughs> the Oilers, they're done for the year, but a uh, lot of talent down there in Bakersfield. i like to see some of those players come up here. I don't think we're going to have to look too far for a new head coach, to be honest with you. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. I'm going to go with Woodcroft and uh, Knobloch. Uh, isn't he assistant in Philadelphia? Uh,
2: yes, he is. Uh,
1: yes. Yes,
3: yes, yes. What do you think? Bring in Connor's old coach?
1: That would be interesting. Uh, I think he'd be probably more of a candidate than Woodcroft.
3: You think so, eh? Yes. Just because Woodcroft's first year, but... Uh, I don't know. they got They got to hang on to Woodcroft. And you know what? This is so disheartening. Reid, I brought that cup in after 10 years of inactivity, refurbished it two years ago. I don't want to go another 10 years to have to refurbish it. This is crazy. Like Everybody I talk to is baffled how bad this hockey team is right now. And I don't know where we go from here. Like, Do you trade off a bunch of players? What do you do on the 25th? Well,
2: well they th- can only get rid of so many players because uh, they're going to get rid of unrestricted free agents. Uh, and they only have a few. Uh, but, I mean, we just went through the forge. You're not getting, through to your, getting rid of your top three. And the rest of them just aren't get bringing you much back, if anything.
1: We're going to finish the play with Fred. We're looking to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com by Pollock who can really hammer the puck as you know Bob. But here he turns it over. Nugent Hopkins has chase on down in the middle. In over the line. Dropped it back. Spinning Nugent Hopkins. backhander just wide. And we're going to have a penalty. <laughs> All right, Fred. Uh, that's not what I thought it was going to be, Patrick. You fooled even me. Uh, who was the uh, Islanders goaltender tonight? Uh, Robin Leonard or Kelly Rudy? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think it was Harudi. is he?
1: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, it was Lanier in goal tonight. Uh, all right, hang on the line, buddy. We'll put your name in the uh, draws. The Oilers lose 5-2 to uh, the New York Islanders. The Oilers wound up with three power plays in the third period. They were down 3-1. They got a power play goal to get within a goal. That was Dreisaitl's 35th of the season. Two more power plays in the final nine minutes.
2: Yeah, they had their chances. Um, they, they had some good looks. Uh, but I, again, they just things aren't going in for them, and I, I don't know what it is. I, I honestly I don't. They I don't know if there's anything different they can do, other than have a practice simply on scoring goals and just keep going over and over again. But the Oilers got what they needed tonight in the third period. They got some uh, gracious calls by the referees. They got the their power play and, and on. But it's funny, and you and I are sitting here watching. Darnell Nurse, at the end of the second period, got a 17-minute penalty. Mm-hmm. And in the third period, they got a pow- power play where Clefbaum was out for the first part, and all of a sudden he's off, and then Petrovich is on the ice, which surprised the two of us. And and I felt bad for him. He was put in a situation, I'm sure he's not been in a long, long time, and muffed a couple plays on it, which uh, it took away 40 seconds of their power play in a, in a game and in a moment where the power play goal would have been so important.
1: What did you think of that exchange and then the fight between Lee and Nurse?
2: Um, I, 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 th- I think it should have been uh, a two minute slashing penalty for Nurse, he two handed uh, Lee at the same time Lee came up high on him. I think it should have been two minute slashing for Nurse and a four minute penalty for Lee for the, for the in front of the net. When the fight started it was five and five. Now I can understand how heated Darnell was after the fight as you could see, anyone that watched the, the game tonight saw Lee had about seven or eight or nine uppercuts straight where Darnell wasn't able to defend himself. And I've been in a position where I've been in a fight and I was getting hit and it hurts. And I wasn't getting hit with the ref holding me. The guy was just hitting me on his own. <laughs> uh, but if you'd have no way of defending yourself, you're going to be pretty upset. And you could see they had a camera on him. You could see that he was quite upset. That's why he got the extra 10. Most times a referee or a linesman will let that go simply because they knew they messed up. Uh, That time, I guess, Darnell crossed the line, and that extra 10 minutes cost the others, as we just said. There were power plays in the third period, and Darnell has been very good on the power plays as of late. He wasn't able to take part of.
1: Islanders beat the Oilers 5-2. If the Oilers can ever get to 5 in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and also in Sherwood Park. All right, we have Jason on the line. Hey, Jason, thanks for calling.
0: Hi, guys. I'd uh, love the show here, and I'm just going to make it, uh, we all know about the debt problem and the salary cap problem. Um, so I'm just going to propose three trades to you guys and see what you think. Uh, this would, One would be r for Patrick Laine. And the reason why r is I love r He's an excellent player. But the salary cap issue. And Patrick Laine is not too happy over there at the Jets right now.
2: I'd, I'll come back with Patrick I'd, Laine. Okay, before you go any further, two. Go any further Patrick Laine, uh, yeah. he's projected to be a 50-goal scorer in the National Hockey League.
1: And he's going to get more than Nugent Hopkins in his next contract.
2: So there's no way he'll be he'll be more expensive for the Oilers, and I, there's no way the Winnipeg Jets would trade him, I don't think.
0: For R&H, you never, ever know. <laughs> he's a, R&H is a good player
2: too. He's a good hockey player, but, I mean, Patrick Laine, I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to be challenging for the Rocket Richard Trophy most years. R&H is a second-line center.
0: For my second trade, I would put the Chase on. Are you the Cassian? along with Yamamoto, and get Panarin from Columbus. And the reason why I take Panarin from Columbus because uh, he shoots right, and he could be a, a sniper along with the McDavid and Dreisaitl line. That, that's what they lack, is that right-handed uh, sniper.
1: Chase Chason and Yamamoto for Panarin? And Cassian.
0: Parade or Cassian, either one of
2: those ones. Oh, okay.
1: But, you, Panarin's uh, a, but, again, Panarin's an unrestricted free agent in the summer, so he could just, even if that trade happened, he could just away there. from Edmonton in the summer.
0: Yeah. And my yeah. next one, my next trade would be either Lucic or Reeder, along with Bouchard, for Sebastian Aho.
2: There's, there's not a chance the Carolina, Carolina would do that. Not a chance. Yeah.
0: But see, they would, they because they, they were talking about a young defense is what they were.
2: Yeah. Hoping well, be. no, the Carolina's got a bunch of young defensemen. That that's what they have. They got a ton of young defensemen. They're very, very good on the back end. They're going to get rid of defensemen because they have so many. And Aho is a super. He's going to be a superstar in this league. Well,
1: he's going to be a star.
2: Oh, I don't. He's. He's. I don't know. He's good. He's very, very good. There's not a chance Carolina would do that. Zero chance.
1: Yeah. I. We appreciate you trying, Jason. I don't know if any of those would. Uh, would click. If there are trades. In the next uh, what are we nine days from the deadline. I don't know if the Oilers are going to be involved in a blockbuster. I'd be very surprised if they were. Talbot's been traded, so there's one down. They traded Spooner for Gagne, so that's two down. Mm -hmm. We're sure they'd be able to trade Spooner. Yeah, well, I mean... Chase on could be, you know, Chase on's a possibility. You know, Bob has mentioned Reader because of his speed and maybe helping penalty killing, but there's, like we were talking about, there's no offensive push there.
2: With Reader? Yeah. Well... And you're not getting a lot back. No, I mean, you're getting a late-round draft pick with Reader, if you get anything. Right. So, I mean, there's nothing that the Oilers are going to be able to do to to bring in players that are going to help them this year, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's likely. All right, we have Rick on the line. Go ahead, Rick. Hey,
4: uh, you know, those trades I was just listening to... uh, uh, um, it's great to dream but uh, the reality is uh, no no team in their right mind is going to want to go go that way. Um hey I don't know if you noticed I'm sure you did but at the end of the game just that complete look of disgust on McDavid's face as he was sitting there on the bench um i mean, that, that just says it all. Uh, the uh, the mismanagement that has gone on with uh with this team with all of the opportunities it's been given over the last uh, 9 years with the draft picks and it it is just it is stunning from looking at looking at the edmonton market from another um, from another city i can't believe it um you know how do you make a great player a mediocre player or a poor player you send them to edmonton it, it is it's become the city's become just this massive joke of a hockey team um you know what you guys gotta really do is rick, clean where, do you that work, house rick out, where do you live I, I'm, a, I'm an edmontonian that moved moved to vancouver
1: and who's so, your favorite team
4: the Habs and the Canucks now. Um, it used to be the Oilers when I when I lived there, but that's long, long gone. Um, so, so yeah, you you, ju- you just moved past. I mean, I don't know if they. Think, I, I talked to you yesterday about just the psychological aspect of the team and having a team in Edmonton. Players will will play, but you took it down the wrong way. I know they can't move, but the Oilers have to start drafting players that are from Edmonton. From the northern areas, so that so that that small uh, small town community is is what they've grown up with. It's in their okay, heart. Well,
1: Chris Russell's from Central Alberta. Uh, Ty Raddys from Airdrie. Kal- Alexander Petrovich is from Edmonton. Kyle Kal- Brodziak is from northeastern Alberta. Fair uh, enough. Uh, Nugent Hopkins played in Red Deer. He's obviously originally from the coast. So they got. I mean, one fifth of the roster today was from Alberta.
4: Uh, but four-fifths is not And that's where the cancer is coming from And it just draws the Okay, okay, no, okay there's, Rick, what are there's you no talking cancer,
2: about? There's no cancer on the team They're, they're not good enough Simple as that it, I, it has all to do with skill This team is not good enough It has nothing to do with what's in the dressing room Look at the
4: players you've gotten rid of Over the last eight or nine years
2: But what does that have to do with today's team though?
4: You, what it, what it has to do is it gives it gives uh, proof to the fact that the team, once the players are in Edmonton it's like this massive vacuum sucks out all their energy and once they get
2: sent somewhere else they're rejuvenating. No well no Taylor Hall Taylor Hall didn't want Taylor to leave. Taylor Hall was top ten in the league in
1: scoring twice. Jordan uh, Everly had a point a game season. And anyway, they didn't, they didn't Jordan Everly was leave. better.
2: Jordan Everly was better in Edmonton than he has been with the Islanders. Taylor Hall was great in Edmonton. Neither one of them wanted to be traded away. Both wanted to stay here. Like
1: Rick, I, I don't know why you just want to call it, calling it in crap on Edmonton. Like the 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 team has done a poor, years poor job of what, what of the,
4: you've been putting on the ice. Yeah, but that right, has nothing the to do with the Oilers, players though.
1: That's not the city. That's the people managing the the team. There have been it, too it, many it trades. It's going
4: beyond it, guys. What you're not seeing is. is if, if you've changed the players and you've changed the management and it hasn't changed the team, there's something else.
1: Okay, so what uh, is I, it? I, Edmonton's an awful place to live. That's your theory.
4: No, Edmonton is not an awful place to live. I love Edmonton when I go there. I mean, look at the Eskimos, but they're there at a different time of the year when it's a, when it's great.
2: But you're you're saying that because of the weather, the Oilers don't play well.
4: No, I, I'm play, <laughs> I'm saying the people that play for the team don't get behind it because they get all down on it and and the team just
1: I okay so let me ask you this rick why were they good two years ago why were they eighth overall two years ago because
4: you had a ha- you had a lot of players that were playing their career years I mean, okay if, yes if, you're, you're right but you, why did they have their career you,
2: years in a, t- in a city they didn't want to play for
4: a blind squirrel is going to find a nut every once in a while it, is why the, the career years never happened again that's why they're called career years. Well, I understand what that is. But,
1: but you just said that's not possible in Edmonton. So how did it happen in Edmonton?
2: Having said that, the three best players on the Oilers are having career years this year. The three and, best players. most probably will.
4: And I, I, I don't even know if, if you can say that's a fair statement because they may even, even be
2: better next year. Well, You just to came this back point. up then. You just said a couple of years ago where career years, they never happen again. Well, they might have happened the next year, and they did. So you can't say that argument. They, uh, they're three I'm, best players, the best players on the Oilers, the ones that are going to win them hockey games, and if they ever win a championship, it'll be because of them. Are all having career years, so they're the only three guys that don't like Edmonton. That like Edmonton, so they're different.
4: And and they should have career. And they should have careers. They, Why? They were, because they were top players when they were. Or um, uh, they, they were top prospects. Right. So they, they didn't come
1: when... here and have the life sucked out of them then.
4: Just wait. You, again, did you
1: oh, not I've been talking Mc, to you for did, five minutes. <laughs> did you
4: not see McDavid's face today? Well, because they, yeah, they lost. They lost again. It yeah. is a matter of time before he's going to be going. I'm done with this, and I want out.
2: Because of the because of the winters, well, maybe no, okay. B- b- okay.
4: Because the team can't pull their get. They can't get competitive. Okay, I got to tell you this.
2: I've been I've been in a number of dra- a number of dressing rooms. I played on a lot of different teams. The city has nothing to do with the team. The reason this team is not good is because of the way they were managed. The trades that they made, the the draft picks that they drafted, the players that they signed. It has nothing, zero, to do with the city of Edmonton. None. It has all to do with this has been a poorly managed team for too long.
4: For a very long
2: time. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's been a long time. But that is why they're not a good hockey club. I, I mean, I, I've, I've been to other There's Edmonton is a better city than there's about five or six other te- cities in the league that I can think of off the top of my head. Yet those teams have had success. Uh,
4: but those other cities you're talking about are not nearly as remote as Edmonton is.
2: Well, I, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it, it's much closer to Toronto. It, no, Eden, and... when you live in Winnipeg, you don't go to Toronto. You don't just, hey, let's go. You know what, I feel like going out for dinner tonight, honey. Let's drive to Toronto. It's remote. It's in the middle of nowhere. Rick, look,
1: I'm, I'm going to say goodnight. I respect. Yeah, right. I respect that you have a theory. It's <laughs> it's complete bunk, and I think I, I think maybe uh, you should take a break before you call us again. Okay. All right. Take care. All right. We're going to take a timeout. It's 8:25. Islanders beat the Oilers 5-2. Canadian Brew House overtime open line.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line
1: on Oilers Radio 630 AM two Islanders knock off the Edmonton Oilers. It is four consecutive losses for Edmonton. They score only four times on this road trip. Three by Dreisaitl, one by Nuge. Yeah, that stat I gave earlier. Four goals on 116 shots for the Oilers on the road trip. So we had that stretch of, uh, what, 19 games where they were outshot 18 times. Mm -hmm. And we said if only they could start getting more shots on goal. (laughs) Well, now they win the shot clock and uh, they still lose. So like I said yesterday, Bad teams can have an off, or sorry, good teams can have an off night and they still win. Bad Mm -hmm. teams can work hard and have some good nights and they still lose. And that's where the Oilers are stuck right now, 6-17-2 in their last 25 games. All right, we'll go to Steve on the open line. Hi, Steve. Hey, guys. How are you? Well, I, I just hope we're living and working in Edmonton. It hasn't drained my energy.
5: No, I uh, yeah, good good call on uh, you guys' part from that last caller. He was a bit of a he was a bit of a beauty. A um, uh, couple things, I think. In in a lot of ways, I'm kind of glad we lost these road games because I think reality is really set, setting in. And now come the trade deadline. Hopefully, we can maybe dump Russell or Chase on or Cassian or Reader or all of the above and get some picks. And um, you know, start developing some of these younger kids and bringing them up for next year. Because bottom line is, you know what, we're playing now. We're going to be playing now for 2019, 20. We just, I don't think we have it in us to to have a run. I think you know we're going to have some spots that we're going to we're going to win and play some great games and so on. But I just don't think that we uh, we have it in us to to go on a run of you know, five games in a row or, or whatever.
1: No, um, uh, Brussels got a no move, by the way, Steve.
5: But I think, you know what, in the situation, I think if you asked him or whatever, I don't think, I, I think a guy like Russell may want to get moved if it was a,
1: the opportunity was there.
2: Maybe, a, you never know. But you never know, although he is an Alberta boy. I think he True. does enjoy it. But then again, it, it depends yep. where. You never
1: know. He's got two years left on his deal after this.
5: Yeah, and, it, and I find it uh, pretty amazing in some ways that the last day that Keith Gretzky has pulled off two good moves, and I think they're really good moves, Number one, to get rid of Cap. And number two, the Sam Gagne, he, and he did have a great game tonight, I thought. Or a good game, not a great game, but a good game. And the bottom line is he's an NHL player, and Spooner definitely is not an NHL player. So I think both of those moves are a positive right off the hop versus what's been going on the last number of years with Chiarelli. Um, also, I, I, I hope from a fan standpoint, we've had season tickets since 1972. My, my father oh awesome, we, we used to be my father, now my, myself and the, my buddies. And uh, I hope from, we always have a scapegoat. Every, you know, over the years, I remember first year in NHL, it was Pat Price and Tom um, Pody. <laughs> wow. And you know what? It's just, it's always somebody that the fans get on. And I hope for Poeyarvi's sake that the fans get off his back. And the media because he's going to turn into another Yakupov. I can just see it coming.
1: Thanks, Steve. Uh, well, I hope Pooley-Arvey goes to the Myers and, yeah. get, and gets to play and, and comes back up a more seasoned player. we got to do a quick news update. More of your calls when we get back. Oilers lose 5-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
6: on Oilers Radio. Six, chair. Off the draw, Barzell, high slot, wrist shot, Walker aside by Koskinen. Kicks it back, Nick Letty.
1: Barzell, one touch over to Nelson, shoots save made by Koskinen. Square to the shooter, and he'll cover it. Miko Koskinen, save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Koskinen takes the loss tonight. Islanders knock off the Edmonton Oilers 5 2. The goals for Edmonton, Nugent Hopkins and Dry Pulak, Barzel, Lee, Nelson and Philpola scoring for
2: the New York Islanders who lead the Metro Division. It's unbelievable. It's funny. I'm looking over your shoulder right now. You got to feed on your computer. Some guy in the dunk competition oh, yeah. tonight dunks over top. Like he jumps over top of Shaquille O'Neal. Like his knees yeah, he did are splits over his. Yeah, head. his knees are at the same height as the top of Shaquille O'Neal's head. Shaquille O'Neal's like 7 foot 2. His knees jumped up to the seven-foot-two mark. That's unbelievable. Anyways, uh, we were talking about the Oilers.
1: Uh, Let's quickly hear, and we're going to hear from Gagne in a minute, but so he plays 10 minutes tonight, got the penalty, uh, two shots on goal. Plus, uh, he was out for the goal. He's he's under contract for the rest of the year. Do you think he plays with the Oilers the rest of the year and then... You know, then they see where he fits in next year?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, due to the fact that he's making $3 million next year, uh, they have to make a decision on him. So, to me, he's got a 25-game audition uh, to prove that he's capable of playing next year. The others are going to have to make some moves. They're going to have to figure out what they're doing next year, and they're going to have to see if if he's going to be here or if they have to fill his spot, too.
1: Bakersfield... Going for their 15th straight win, scoreless late in the first against Ontario. As we go to the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to Edmontontrailer.com. Coyotes beat the Maple Leafs 2-0. Senators over the Jets 4-3 in overtime. Lightning shut out the Canadians 3-zip. Hurricanes shut out the Stars 3-zip. Early in the third, Columbus up 4-2 in Chicago. Scoreless in the first between the Predators and Vegas. Canucks and Sharks 1-1 in the first. The Flyers beat the Wings 6-5 in overtime. Flames over the Penguins 5-4. Blues beat the Avalanche 3-0. Nine wins in a row for the St. Louis Blues. And we have Chris at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hello, Chris. Hey, how are you? Quite good.
6: Good. Uh, I have uh, a couple comments and then uh, a couple questions. So I think, and I heard it on different shows, that you know the constant through the bad years has been uh, Mac T. Howson, Low Nicholson. And they keep doing the same stuff and bring coffee in for a little bit and get around and he calls people. And uh,
2: to me, man, I just...
6: I, I understand maybe people can't say if they're in radio that this this is the problem. But to me and, and people I talk to, it just seems like it's, uh, it's staring you in the face that the upper management is the only thing that's been there this whole time and they all got to go.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, Bob Nicholson, if you're going back to... 2007 Bob Nicholson hasn't been here the whole time neither was McTavish neither was housing here the entire time but yeah you're right I mean if you keep losing and having bad teams you have to look at the people in charge and the pro scouts and amateur scouts and and everybody so I get your point for sure yeah
6: and um what do you think is uh, Hitchcock gonna coach here next no. year and no
2: no nope. Yeah, I hard agree. No I think or there's zero chance. No, or
6: soft no no? that'd hard be hard
2: no. no. There's zero chance he'll be here next year, I believe. How
6: about Quinville?
2: Unlikely. Ah, uh,
6: okay. Okay, thank
2: you. <laughs> All right. I, th- good- I, don't th- I don't think he likes your answers. I think he was hoping for a Hitch or a Quinville.
1: I, well, I definitely don't see Hitch. No. Um, I don't know if Quinville. Quinville, let's put it this way. Quinville more likely than Hitch. There, that, there, there. I made it sound positive, so yeah, it feels yeah. a little better. And
2: I, and I agree with that too. I do agree with that.
1: Sam Gagné, back with the Oilers. Here he is. Got a car, uh, kind
7: of around one o'clock, so I had to get some to pack up, get some to eat, and get ready to to come here and. I pulled in here at uh, around 4:30, so um, had some time, but just had to get my gear uh, all kind of situated and get ready that way. Yeah, where you been at? I was in Providence. Yeah, played in Providence last night, so. Did it feel like to put the 89 back on again? Yeah, it's yeah. A strange feeling, I guess. Yeah, I like think bronze went through it because yeah. he came back 10 years later. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, uh, with it happening so quickly, it, it's definitely there's a lot of emotions that come with it and. I think when you first walk in here and, you know, I see my jersey and then, the, you know, the familiar 89, um, it's uh, it was a really, it was a great feeling. And, um, you know, I hopefully uh, can give, you know, the team some life and, um, you know, help out down the stretch here. No, no, I don't, know. Yeah.
8: <laughs> the news tonight,
7: what was it like being back on the ice with him again? Yeah, I mean I, uh, we uh, we didn't play much together the first time around when I was here um, as you know we were both centers at that time. Um but uh, got put together kind of as the game went on there in the second, and I uh, thought we put some good shifts together. Um, and just, you know, we were able to score that, that goal, and you know I thought um, we created some chances in their end, and um, you know, I think there's a, there's a fit there. Uh, I think we both kind of think the game the same way, and um, we're good friends off the ice, so I can kind of build that chemistry, and uh, you know, I, I thought it worked well.
1: All right, so there's some trivia in there as well because Rob and I were talking before we came on air before the uh, or, or during a commercial on the Face-Off show, actually. Rob said, so Gagné played with Nuge before. I said, yes. And then Rob said, did he play with Clefbaum? And you didn't think he did, but I said, no, he didn't. And I said, just just Nuge. But no, back to 08-09, he did play. With Brodziak,
2: yeah, and I didn't even cross as, my mind as an Oiler. Yes, until he just mentioned it right there. Or they mentioned him, and I think it was Jim Matheson was the one talking with him. So yeah, uh, so he's got a little bit of familiarity. I think I think he's pretty excited to get the opportunity. And I thought uh, one of the callers said it tonight too. I thought he had some jump tonight. Uh, well, put it this way, he moved up to the second line on the Edmonton Oilers very quickly.
1: Now one one, Bakersfield and Ontario late in the first period. Kyler Yamamoto has the goal for the Condors. They've won 14 in a row. We have Marco standing by. Hey, Marco. Hey, how's it going, guys? Quite well.
5: Good. Um, So it looks like on Wednesday when I called after the Pittsburgh game, that Spooner trade was pretty accurate, hey?
1: Did you predict Spooner for Gagne?
5: No, I predicted that uh, Spooner was getting traded.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I wasn't honestly. I wasn't sure about that one. We were pretty sure Talbot was gone. I, I, I wasn't sure they'd find someone for
2: Spooner. So good for you. Yeah, I agree. I would have said zero percent chance of Spooner's yep. contract being moved.
1: You got it, Marco. Good man.
5: Thank you. And then, do you guys think that the Oilers won the Spooner Gagne
1: trade? Oh, well, I think. A bit early, yeah. yeah, I think. Like Rob and I were saying, we have to be realistic about Gagne. I, I think. I realize a lot of Oilers fans still like him. He he's smart, we saw that tonight, he plays with energy. But having said that, if Sam Gagne is on your second line at this point in his career, your your team's not that good. I mean if he is if he's next year in the AHL and comes up when the Oilers need him, the Oilers probably have a much better team. Yeah, and I think enough. that and I think he's a better option to call up than Spooner because he's probably a more consistent and more well-rounded player, would that
2: be fair? Where I think the Oilers could win on this one is simply if he play, if they both were in the minors, Spooner and or Gagne. I think Spooner, or I think, excuse me, Gagne is a better example of how to be a professional than Spooner is, and I think he would help in the minors and the players down there. So I think at the very least, you right. win the and trade you're not simply not for that reason. Spooner no, no, no. I just P- professionally, not but at Garnier's all. Gagne further I, along, for, for, and, I, and 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 from having. Known being around Gagne for a number of years when we we used to do the games back when he was here. So yeah, so I don't I don't think this is a home run win. A home run win on this trade would have been Spooner being moved out and no contract coming. Already down. done. Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks, Marco. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, here's a treat, Mike from Ottawa. Hello, Mike.
9: Hey lads, how you doing? Good bit of a better mood than yesterday uh, although same result right i mean yesterday i said how many wins in the month and the answer was one and how many minutes in in 31 days and the answer is still one but um just wanted to to, to uh, finish up on a point that i didn't get to finish on last night i was getting there and um it was kind of a sub point i made so i'll try and be quick here basically i was asking about um about the you know the management and i was i was wondering if being left with mr gretzky keith um how much decisions bob and keith were making along and you know like i said yes i don't care about obc good or bad whatever i don't know i don't know how much roles but 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 bob and keith how much role they had with shirelli when shirelli was there were they either fighting him a tooth and nail and because and, and, i heard from what bob Stoffer alludes to a lot is kind of that that peter was a very hard-nosed guy and is my way or the highway so if that's the case were they going against his suggestions and he was saying, okay, I appreciate your advice, but I'm going to make my call. Or were they, were they all kind of nodding heads and saying, yeah, these are great moves. And it's the reason that that's extremely important. I mean, I seem probably you understand why, but it's because right now we're left with these guys. And so that was last night. And then after seeing what happened today with Talbot and uh, Gagne, it makes me feel better because it makes me think that. Other two, like, did Shirelli have these moves in his back pocket and he wasn't sure about them, or did Keith generate these new moves? And that's an important uh, to, to to differentiate between those two, because I like the two moves. I mean Talbot, you know, whatever still is, who knows? We knew we had to move Talbot. Uh, we were forced. The whole league knew it. Yeah. We didn't lose right there. I thought we were going to lose. I thought the league knows we have to. We're forced to do a trade. Guaranteed loss for the orders. I don't think we lost necessarily.
1: Mike, I uh, think, I, I think. <laughs> Keith you know what Gretzky would have, Keith Gretzky's the assistant GM, so he would yeah. have worked closely with Shirelli. But I also think Keith Gretzky has been pretty heavily involved in the amateur side of things. Okay. Amateur scouting and 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 amateur players. So you think the pro scouts then? In terms of which ones?
9: Like like uh, what, what I'm getting at is what's left after Shirelli's gone. How many of those people? are still believing in Chirelli's plan. He's well, trying to
2: sell? Oh, I, I, I would think a lot. We'll put it this way. If you were going yeah. somewhere and you were running a company and you got to bring a person with you, would you bring someone that's going to be very much like, that's going to agree with a lot, or are you going to bring someone that you're going to fight with all the time?
9: Well, no, I, I know where you're going, Rob, and I, I think the first, most people want to say the first, but if you're really good, You'd actually once like a lot of my friends I like to argue with a lot. Like I have a Leafs friend. Oh my gosh, hard this year being being best friend to the Leaf fan. Can you imagine that? <laughs> but um, like three years ago, I said, guys, I got my kids. You know, my, I got twin daughters, beautiful girls. They're gonna grow up seeing the Gretzky era, but with McDavid. And he's like, no, no, no. My kids are gonna grow up seeing the Matthews era with with Willie Nylander. And, uh, and Marner, and I said, no, 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 you'll see. At least he'll be good, but the Orioles will be better. And then look at me now. I look like a fool, just like the rest of the fans. We all look like fools,
1: right? <laughs> oh no, you don't it's look
2: a, like a fool. You're going to oh, watch I, I know, an incredible <laughs> player for years. But okay, having said this, I believe that Keith Gretzky uh, was brought along with Shirelli and been with Shirelli a while because they think alike. no not always. and I think that Keith Gretzky is his own man, but I believe that uh, Peter Shirelli really liked Keith Gretzky, liked his input. And probably agreed on more than they would disagree.
1: Yeah, that's probably fair. But yeah, that's an interesting qu- question. But I, I don't think these are moves uh, necessarily. Shirelli had on on standby. Well, Talbot and with Philly, they might have been talking for a while.
2: Yeah, I, I, I we'll probably never know. Um, but I but I think that a lot of the moves that Keith Gretzky has to make now is because. Peter Shirelli right. put him in a position where he had no choice.
1: And again, I don't know if he's going to make any blockbuster-type moves. That's probably a new general manager if and when there is one.
2: I, I completely agree. All right,
1: 847, Oilers lose 5-2 to the Islanders. Presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
1: on Oilers Radio, 630-10. Okay, so Gagne had that eight-point game February 2nd, 2012. Who are the two goalies in that game for Chicago? Corey Crawford and the late Ray Emery were the goaltenders. Adam knew that. He gets his name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. AlpineCredits.ca. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. We're with you until the top of the hour. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Islanders. Back to Barclays Center. Here's Hitch.
10: The goal scoring wasn't quite there. Was that more where the power play? Yeah, made was, it?
8: Well, we made some we made some big errors on this trip and paid for it. We played hard in all three games. Really proud of our effort. Did a lot of really good things, and unfortunately, you know, at the turn of games, we we were the one that made the mistake. You know, today was a perfect example. We were coming on strong. We're on the power play. It's three two and. 30 seconds after the power play we get scored on, it's just, it's unfortunate. Like you said, Luke, that's a death by a thousand cut team, they just yeah. hang around you guys. You were all over them the first period. I, then thought, I, thought we, score. I thought the first period was the best we played all year on the road. So if we keep building on that, we've got some things to build on. We, we just got to take positives right now from this, and hopefully we can continue to do it.
1: What did you see from Sam in his first
8: game? Uh, you know, it was a tough, long day for him. He had some good stuff offensively. It's hard, you know, he's just getting used to this stuff. So overall, uh, I think he's going to help us.
5: We moved him to uh, the
1: line with uh, Ryan. They have
8: yeah, we needed more skill and speed with that line, so.
1: All right, there's Hitch. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Islanders. They're home Tuesday against the Arizona Coyotes. Don't forget, Tuesday on 630 Ched we'll have the last code word for our Join the Team contest. That's where you get to go to a game, go to a practice, be around for the Oilers team photo. So the code word will be on the morning show with Bruce, on Oilers Now with Stoffer and on our face-off show sometime between 530 and 7 on Tuesday. Okay, Mike on line two. Hello, Mike. Hey, hey, man. At, uh, at this point, I think I'm just
10: rooting for uh, Leon to maybe get to the 50 gold plateau. He's uh, on quite a tear.
1: Yeah,
10: I'm, I'm sure you'll still get calls if people want to trade him, but uh,
1: I would not trade Leon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
10: and the, the other thing, like, you know what? Watching Connor McDavid is like, you know, I, I'm a 40 I'm a year old guy and got to see Michael Jordan kind of in his prime and you know, every night that guy would do something that would amaze you, and Connor's the same way. I mean, tonight he walks around two defenders, splits the cuts in. The one guy has to kind of hook him and do a can opener. Of course, he doesn't get the call, but it's, he's just he's just amazing to watch. And I know this is a.
1: I think Nuge is having a good year, too. I thought that was a nice tip tonight. I think he's playing very well in his own end, often covering up for other guys' um, shortcomings, to put it mildly. So, yeah, yeah, those three guys have been really good. It's not because of them that they're, wherever they are now, 26th or 27th.
2: I like the fact that you compared him to Jordan. I was in Chicago when Jordan was in his heyday, and you're right. Every time you watched him, you knew there was something special going to happen. Good call on that,
1: Mike. Did you call me uh, about the Eskimos' moves the other night, or was that somebody else? Your voice is—I know you've called this show before. The, uh no. Um, okay.
10: I'm good on the Eskimos for kind of trying to fix some holes there for Riley, uh, you know, leaving. But uh, no, I didn't call you on that
1: one. Okay. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you again. Thanks. No problem. All right. That is Mike. Well, Leon is—I mean, you've said it before, Rob. We're not often talking about good individual plays or seasons because the team is doing mm-hmm. so poorly. Leon's sad. got 11 goals in his last 10 games. He's
2: been very, very he's good. got
1: 35. Outside uh, chance at 50. Outside chance yep. at 50. I mean, he's going to get 40. Connor should get 40. Obviously, he didn't score on the trip. Okay, we'll get in a couple more guys here quickly. Uh, Robert on line 6. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Good, buddy. Good to hear from you.
5: Uh, well, I mean, like I think, I think, like I think, like uh, lo- like most fans are saying, I think think it's pretty obvious the Oilers this year are are not a playoff team. I mean, could they get in? Like you guys have said, if they catch fire, sure. But in my personal my personal opinion, do I think they will? No. Now, I mean, now that now that being said, I wonder, I I wonder what what sort of what sort of moves. Could they make in the off season and and, and, it, it, and it, in the, in your guys' opinion is it, is it, is, it, is there any potential free agents that you, that you see the team maybe targeting that they can maybe afford now that now that they've lost oh. cap by, by by trading talbot
1: here's the, here's the thing Robert I, I'm not maybe we'll try to dive in more into that on in the next show because I don't want to get the list tonight when mm. we're right near the end. But basically, they're going to have about $8 million to spend on eight players. So that makes it pretty tough to sign a 4 or $5 million <laughs> free agent. Well, I'm serious. I mean, Yeah, I'm not, you're I'm absolutely not, right. I'm not, I'm not, I, I know some people say I'm being negative, but I mean, you've got to be realistic well, here. I'm not gonna, it's, not, it's not like the summer where they signed Lucic or Sekera the year before where they had money. And you thought, well, they might be able to make a bid.
2: Well, Keith you know, Gretzky came out and said, we're getting rid of contracts. That was his goal in these trades, getting rid of contracts.
1: And uh, just for some context here, and Robert made a good point about catching fire and going on a run. Okay, so the Oilers now have 25 games left. Mm -hmm. So to make the playoffs, and I'm not exaggerating here, guys, they'd have to probably win 17 or 18 of those 25 games. They have won six of their previous 25.
2: So they're gonna have to pick it up a little bit. What you're
1: saying? Gonna have to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, we've got a couple of guys left on hold. We'll get you in next time. We got to wind her up at nine tonight, but we do appreciate you calling and listening. Five two. The Islanders take it. You can get more on six thirty. Ched Enjoy your family. Yeah, it's a long weekend. I forgot about that. So uh, most people still got a couple of days off. Hope it's great. Is it gonna warm up so people can get outside? I don't think till Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. We'll I'll tell you what Tuesday night people can sit outside on the deck in minus four and and listen to the face off show at five thirty and the game at seven here on six thirty. Chet. Patrick Bauer is our studio producer. This has been Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Have of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. See ya.